That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to off-season stuff. Reacting late. Uh, Thought we were going to be back on this feed last week. Uh, That did not turn out to be uh, the case for a couple different reasons. One, um, when I got sick, uh, and I knew if you were listening to the podcast leading up to uh, last week, I was like, I was trying so hard to hang on to my voice. Um, and then that got a little bit better after the draft. And then I got a little bit sick. Uh, and, and, and then I ended up uh, just taking time off from work. It had been such a crazy, busy kind of two months consecutive where I was definitely burning it at both ends, um, for, for the right reasons. Um, but just totally wiped myself out and then, uh, took some time away, uh, with my family. So I uh, was not uh, at work. Uh, Throughout most of last week, me and my family went to uh, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which I had never been to, and it blew my mind. I mean, really one of the most beautiful places. Got to be in the United States of America. And that's stiff stiff competition. It's a big-ass country, coast-to-coast. But gosh, Steamboat Springs, man, driving out there was an absolute postcard once you start to get close to Steamboat. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, man, uh, take some time in this life. Uh, to go to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Uh, you don't have to spend a dollar, <laughs> really. I mean, it's just you could do a million different outdoor activities. And Anyway, uh, uh, I'll stop talking about Steamboat. Um, but uh, so really happy to be back here uh, on the podcast. We're coming off a break from work where we're off for a few days for the 4th of July. And uh, I'm a little bit reinvigorated uh, and um, just happy to be here uh, with you. Thank you for, for being here with me. Um, Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. This is going to be kind of a casual episode. Summer League hasn't started yet. Uh, The draft is behind us. Uh, Free agency, most of that stuff is behind us. But we didn't get to get a chance to really come in um, and react to anything. Not that there was a lot of groundbreaking stuff going on with the Denver Nuggets. um, But I do want to touch on some stuff. Uh, Since the last time that we were together... Uh, Bruce Brown signed his deal with the Indiana Pacers. And I just want to um, uh, have a conversation about this. First and foremost, I just want to tip my cap to Bruce Brown. We have talked about this since the preseason, okay? And I'm going to repeat myself, all right? Headed into the season, during the season, and right after the championship run was over, This was sort of mapped out as the best case scenario for Bruce Brown, that he would sign this two-year contract with the player option in the second year, betting on himself, and hopefully Bruce Brown for the Denver Nuggets has a signature year and heads into free agency, declining his player option, and he's, he's hitting the button with the same finger that his championship ring is on. Okay? I know they didn't get the rings yet, but you, 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 know, you know what I'm talking about. This Bruce Brown and his camp, his agent, they just, uh, who's a, a Ty Sullivan from CAA Sports, they played this thing perfectly. Bruce Brown hadn't gotten paid yet, guys. 
He's 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 almost 27 years old. This is a guy who, you know, started his NBA career playing under a million bucks. All right, 800 grand is a lot to you or me, but in the NBA, it's just not. And then he plays for 1.3 million, 1.6 million. Then his last year with the Nets, he played for four seven. This year, he played for six and a half. And this coming season, he is going to make more money in the 2023-2024 season than he has his entire half a decade playing career combined. He 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 has earned 15 million bucks in his career. Okay, he'll he'll make almost 22 his first year in Indiana, 23 his second year. So you just you you just cannot fault Bruce Brown in any way, shape, or form. It became an unreasonable ask for him to turn down that much money. And it didn't even need to be that much, right? It didn't even need to be that much. If it was close, it could be a conversation, but it wasn't close. It wasn't even a galaxy uh, uh, within striking distance for Denver because, you know, the NBA has their uh, uh, contractual, you know, uh, restrictions and what you can do and what you can't do. And look, (laughs) how do I think he's going to do in Indiana in a starting role as that, as that sample size of what you're asking him to do is going to increase dramatically, do I think Indiana paid um, too much for Bruce Brown? Of course I do. Of course I do. And that's no disrespect to Bruce Brown in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, but if they think they're getting a you know $22 million player, I, I think they're going to be sadly mistaken. He was the perfect fit, the perfect fit uh, here in Denver. And I don't think he'll find that in, in, in uh, Indiana. We'll see. No clue. Rooting for him. One of my favorite players in um, this, the six NBA seasons I've been covering the Denver Nuggets. Bruce Brown goes down as one of my absolute favorites. And I think we have to be careful. I'm going to shift gears here in the conversation. I think we have to be careful with the tone that is used when having these conversations. And I know this is not everyone, okay? Not even close. But, and I'm also, I'm not saying we should be panicking about Bruce Brown's departure. That's not what I'm saying either. It's somewhere in between. But I went on the fan uh, here this past weekend and came on the air with Dan Jacobs, who does a weekend show, does a fine job. And he's like, he's just being totally dismissive of it because the Nuggets will be fine. Aaron Gordon will be 10% better. He wasn't healthy all season. And Christian Brown will be 10% better. And, hey, you're just replacing 11 and a half points. And by the end, and this was one of his quotes, by the end of next season, you know, we'll be saying Bruce Brown who? And I'm going, whoa. Huh. Count me out of this conversation. I am tapping out. Okay? You will not catch me anywhere within a mile of that type of tone because you're not just replacing 11 and a half points. That's not what this is. Bruce Brown represented something more than the box score. Okay? He just did. He was an absolute dog. That phrase gets thrown around too much. But Bruce Brown was fearless. Fearless. In big moments. You know? Like, like... This is not a perfect analogy, but Earl Boykins, who we started this podcast with in 2017, um, was like, at the end of an NBA basketball game, you have uh, seven guys who don't really want the basketball. You have three of them who do, and you hope two of them were on your team. 
the Nuggets certainly had those two guys in Jokic and Jamal, but but Bruce kind of fell into that category. Not in the literal sense where Bruce would be taking a last shot, but Bruce was all he grew with the moment. Okay? You're talking about a guy who for entire like so so Bruce Brown averages eleven and a half points a game, right? For for the regular season. He averaged that exact mark in the first round of the playoffs. He averaged over that mark in the conference semifinals against Phoenix. He he uh, uh, put up more than that mark in the Western Conference Finals. And he put up that exact mark in the NBA Finals. There was never drop-off. And if you look at certain nuggets, and this is just going to happen with players. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not, um, like, um, uh, casting blame or something. But, like, KCP. Like, we didn't. Not not every night. We didn't know where we were going to get from KCP every night. There was some struggles there, an up-and-down nature of just playing in the NBA and playing in the, in, the, in, the, in the best basketball league in the world. Bruce Brown, outside of like one out of every five games, he, he would have a down game. Outside of that, Bruce Brown was the same version of himself, of himself almost every single night. That absolute freaking fearless, the moment is never too big for Bruce Brown. And... I just don't think that you can just add water and stir and say, yeah, everything will be fine. Everyone else is going to pick up 5%, and that'll equal the difference. It was a mindset. It was a mentality. It was an approach. It was an aggressiveness. It was his DNA. And just because you get another basketball player doesn't mean that void is filled. And we saw this this past year, and I think it's an appropriate analogy. It's not a perfect analogy, but analogies aren't supposed to be perfect. Okay, I think the Oxford Dictionary, their uh, their example of an analogy, it's like um, a ruler uh, rules his kingdom, kingdom like a like a, a father in his household or something like that. Like, of course, that's not a perfect analogy, but analogies aren't supposed to be perfect. You're kind of you're kind of trying to get to apples to apples a little bit. Um, so last year, uh, the the Colorado Avalanche win the Stanley Cup, and they have to make a decision: Are they going to pay Val Nichushkin or are they going to pay Nazem Kadri? Kadri's older. Um, and maybe had some checkered playoff history, and they lose Kadri, right? Now, Kadri was not going to go and be the 1A or the 1B or maybe even the 1C for the Calgary Flames, or anyone else for that matter. He was perfect in the role that he had with some of the stars in front of him, the Nathan McKinnons, the Kale McCars, the Miko Rantanens, and he leaves. Walks out the door. Hey, it's a part of pro sports. I got it. They weren't going to give him some seven-year, $50 million deal or whatever Kadri got. Okay? But Kadri had something that represented more than the goals per game or the shots on goal or the amount of assists. He just represented something different. These are human beings. Right? They're all different. And he gave them a level of toughness that you simply just couldn't replicate. And a year later, the Avalanche go from having a parade to not being able to get out of the first round. That was with a healthy Kale McCarr, with a healthy Nathan McKinnon, with a healthy Miko Rantanen. And I think there's some something to learn from that. And I'm not saying that not having Kadri was the reason that the Avs didn't get out of the first round, or not having Bruce Brown won't be the reason why the Nuggets won't peat or won't repeat. Winning a championship is going to be winning a second championship is, you know, maybe even going to be harder than the first. Okay. And it's not all hinging down to Bruce Brown. I just want to make sure that we go about these conversations with um, some wisdom. And, like, go, do we need to go back and watch? Like, do we, do we need to go back and watch, like, game five at home against Phoenix where Bruce Brown was putting up 25 points? 
Like, do, do, do we need to go back to, you know, uh, the um, game number one of the Western Conference Finals when it's, he's like the ultimate tone setter, uh, scoring 16 points in 24 minutes off the bench? Like, do we need to go back and, and re-watch game four of the NBA Finals when Bruce Brown goes into Miami? And they're up 2-1. You're not sure what's next if the Heat win. The series is tied. It was a tight basketball game. Bruce Brown comes off the bench and goes for 21 points on 8 of 11 shooting. Guys, it's 73% from the floor. Like, let's not misremember just how important Bruce Brown was. Was he quite good enough to be a starter? Well, he probably could have started. But he's kind of like a six starter, right? We said that throughout the postseason. He didn't, you know, he finished a lot of games that he didn't start because he's he was that good. And I just don't want us to get far enough from the situation and, and what just happened here this spring and think that um, nothing could go wrong with that with with with, with his absence because I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I have the utmost amount of respect on Bruce Brown's name, and I just wanted to. Um, get all of that off my chest here on the podcast because I was about to blow a gasket um, this this weekend uh, on the air with Dan Jacobs doing a phone uh, interview on, on like a Sunday. And, and Dan was saying, no, no, the, the, the Avs won the cup because of Kadri. And Bruce Brown played a, a, a role. And Okay, I got it. Like he wasn't, you know, let, but he wasn't Jokic, but he's not supposed to be. That's not what he's asked to be. And I don't know who's going to play that role, Bruce Brown. Uh, 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 next spring. So we'll see. We'll see how it ages. And when I say play that role, I'm not talking about just his um, just his uh, position on the floor. Talk about the role he had within the hierarchy and construct of a championship team and just how important those guys are. So, um, okay. Uh, got that off my chest. Let's talk about just a couple um, of these sort of like it's unfair to say back end of the roster move, but you know, you know, there's there's no biggies, right? When when your entire starting lineup is locked up from a championship team year over year, you're not going to be leading Sports Center, okay? And you don't want to be. You're 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 set. The the Denver Nuggets have the best starting five in the NBA, and that still remains true today uh, on a Wednesday afternoon on July fifth, twenty twenty three. So, um, but let's talk about them real quick. Jeff Green going to Houston, uh, signing a one year six million dollar deal. Good for Jeff Green, man. Like, that that guy's still in the NBA? I mean, he was in Kevin Durant's class. Like, he's been around forever. Um, yeah, 2007. Fifth overall pick. Just a couple of selections from KD. I think KD was that class. Better have been. Or I'm going to sound like an idiot. Um, look, I think Jeff Green um, had a really uh, good time as a Denver Nugget. And I don't mean having fun. I mean, uh, his fit here over the last two seasons, played 75 games a year ago, uh, plays 56 games this past year. And we got to remember as recent as a season ago, that guy was averaging 10 points a game. Needed to do a little bit more considering uh, the absence of some of these mainstay Denver Nuggets. Uh, but but even this past year, he played over 50 games, averaged eight points a game. Like, I, I don't want to be, I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, dismissive of, of that either. Um had some moments in the postseason where he would, you know, knock down a big three or, uh, you know, have a block, uh, you know, at the rim and or, or you know, pull down and just, you know, secure a defensive rebound. Like, he, he had a role. He had a role. And in these playoffs, uh, he averaged 17 minutes a game. And I, I don't want to be too dismissive of that. His presence, um, I think, as a veteran leader who has been around forever um, and, and playing as much. Like, Jeff Green passed 100 career playoff games this this spring with the Nuggets. That's more than a little bit. Um, and again, just because, similar to Bruce Brown, you can't measure a guy's impact by just looking at the box score. 
Now, obviously, Bruce Brown's uh, uh, departure is more significant than Jeff Green's, but I want to give Jeff Green his flowers and and just you know um, tip the cap to him um, for the role that he always stayed within. Like Jeff Green had the maturity to never come outside of what he was asked to do. You know, I say never, like not not on any sort of regular basis. Um, and we got to remember, it was just last season. He was he was setting like in year number fifty his his career high in dunks in a single season. Um, I think he'd be able to make up his production. Obviously, uh, it was just time anyway. And Houston paying him six million for one year—that's just more than Denver was going to pay him. Um, so thank him for his service. You know, um, he hadn't stayed with one team year over year in a very long time. I mean, you got to go back to. 2014 through 2016, where he was with the same club. He was just every year, just mercenary status. From the Clippers to the Magic, then the Cleveland, Washington, Utah, Houston, Brooklyn. Like, it was nonstop there. So I'm sure it was nice for him, too, the last couple years, just to, like, just put it in park. And, like, kind of, you know, memorize your way around town a little bit, you know? Um, So I like Jeff Green. Uh, It was time. This is the perfect goodbye, you know? This is the perfect goodbye. So... Thank Jeff Green for his service. He's got that ring on his finger, and um, he played a role, man. He played a role. 17 minutes a night, that's, that's, that's not, that's not uh, anything to wave a stick at. Um, let's talk about the re-signings real quick. Reggie Jackson, um, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time, especially on the DeAndre one. The Reggie Jackson one, look, people are, people are um, a little bit down on this one, and, and I think for a good reason— I'm I'm not I'm not the biggest Reggie Jackson guy. You've never heard me come in here over the years and you know be fawning or waxing poetically over you know um, Reggie Jackson. You just haven't heard that. Um, could he be a better fit as the backup point guard with an entire off season and and not just off season but like training camp and regular season um, to sort of um, you know adapt, and just meld into that role. I think there's something to be said for that. I do. Like, it had to be hard to just jump on the scene here. Like, not only as, like, not only, not only, like, as they're building the plane, the plane is built. The the plane's been built for five years, and you're trying to land it. That's when Reggie was trying to jump on board, as, as the Nuggets were trying to land the championship plane. And, look, I mean, I just... I don't think it's a great backup point guard plan. Maybe there's something else to this. I just don't know why it would be two years, $10 million. That just doesn't make sense to me. With a player option on the second year, like you think he's going to pick that, pick up that player option for $5 million? I could Because I do. He'll be, what, 34 years old um, at that point? 35, maybe? Um, yeah, man, he's... Uh, I just I just don't get it. Yeah, he's 33 right now, so he would be picking that option up at 35 years old. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I don't know what the thinking is on this. Now, now, if you listen to the 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 the, the most recent podcast, we were reacting to the draft, and I, you know, I go on how big of a Jalen Pickett fan uh, I am. I you know have followed this kid's entire college career. Um, he played um, his first uh, three years, I think it was, at, at Siena College, um, which is right in my backyard. Heard all about him, followed him from afar. He ends up transferring to Penn State, um, a program I'm relatively familiar with uh, as well. Uh, had a teammate be a star there, Taylor Battle, years ago. So I was just kind of, you know, kept an eye on that program. Um, 
and, and then and then Jalen obviously having roots in my hometown and you know gave me extra interest in watching. I think he's great. I think Jalen Pickett is going to be a ten year uh, NBA player. Um, the question is, can he get up to speed quick enough to be the backup point guard on this team? Ah, that's a tall ask, and it's got nothing to do with Jalen Pickett. It, it really doesn't. I mean, you know, that's that's just a lot to ask at that position. It's like you know playing a young quarterback. That's what you're doing. You're quarterbacking. You know your team when you're out there as as an NBA point guard, the best league in the world, and to to think that you know hey because we saw Christian Brown you know have success as, as a rookie, for every Christian Brown there's ten you know Zeke Najis, Peyton Watsons, and and those guys that just it just takes time and sometimes it just never never clicks, um so I I just don't know how this is going to age you know I I just, I just don't know um maybe there's some trade to be made during the season. And that's what I uh, told someone today um, on the radio. Like, because the Nuggets return so much that you probably want to see what you have um, with your Zeke Najis, your Peyton Watsons, uh, Peyton Watson, your Vlatkos, your, you know, um, maybe Colin Gillespie, maybe Jalen Pickett. And then if you don't like how it ages during the season, you can make a trade. I just, I still don't know how that makes sense with Reggie Jackson, though. And, 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 and teams looking at, who he is present day and looking at the $5 million he costs per year. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't have all the answers. It doesn't make quite much sense to me. And that's just where I, I, I stand on it. Uh, when it comes to Deandre Jordan, um, look, you're not paying him much. And that guy, he's the anti DeMarcus cousins, right? I remember people wanting DeMarcus uh, back. I, I remember, I remember specific, specific people uh, wanting DeMarcus cousins back in the fold. And I'm just like, you want to know what? You probably don't understand what it means to be around DeMarcus Cousins on a day-to-day basis. And he is not a faucet. He is a drain. When he walks in the room, he has a chance. He's a a variable to drain the energy out of that room. Like, if you remember last year in the postseason, it was like DeMarcus Cousins, like, leading speeches in the locker room. It was like, holy moly, what the hell is going on? Um, Everything that DeMarcus isn't in that department, that's, that's DeAndre. And I just don't think you can um, uh, overstate how important personality dynamics are when you are uh, a team that is going to play 82 games together and be together for, you know, eight months of the year. And that's not just on the floor. And it's, it's, it's the furthest thing from that. It's in the locker room after the game. It's being on the bus. It's being on the plane. It's being in the restaurants. It's being in the, like same hotels it's just like it's it's you can't have enough guys like DeAndre Jordan at the very back end of the roster so for that reason I like the move um he's got one of the highest player like um approval ratings in the NBA everyone who's been a teammate with DeAndre Jordan loves him and obviously who knows him right now present day better than Denver he just spent every day with him this past year and that was good enough to bring him back so it's good enough for me I'm not expecting any big basketball yield from that, um, and you're probably not going to get one. So um, be, 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 be that as it may. Uh, okay. Um, real quick, Justin Holiday. <laughs> the addition of him doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, I remember we were talking about this guy uh, during the life of this podcast uh, when he was maybe 30, 31 instead of 34. Um, prototypical NBA journeyman. Uh, hasn't been with the same club in consecutive years for a while now. At one point, 
in uh, maybe four or five years ago. It looked like his career was headed a certain direction. It was. He was averaging double figures, playing big minutes. I'm talking, you know, 29, 30 minutes a game. That reduced down to, you know, what it was um, uh, this, these last couple years in Sacramento, Atlanta, Dallas, um, where I think he started two, two combined games in the last two seasons. He, you know, he's four four or five points a game. Um, not expecting anything, you know, big from from Justin Holiday. I don't want to come in here and misrepresent uh, it. I think he's just a guy. Um, but that being said, and you, maybe you know what I'm about to say. I'm sure you already do. Guys who play with Nikola Jokic have a tendency to be the best version of themselves. So maybe at 35, 34, 35 years old, maybe maybe Justin Holiday can be, you know, something that he hasn't been for a few years. Um, and and then let me just say this. Dallas, you think about how chaotic Dallas was this past year with the Kyrie stuff and then purposely losing games at the end. Uh, and then Atlanta, he was with Atlanta before that. Um, you know, Atlanta has been kind of a mess here in the last couple of years. They made that one Eastern Conference Finals a few years back. They've been a mess since then. Then, he's, then he was with Sacramento a couple of years ago, um, especially at that time. That's not a situation you want, wanted to be in. Um, so we'll see. Maybe the competency and stability of the basketball culture here in Denver. Maybe Justin Holiday will be some version of himself that we haven't seen in a few years. So. We'll see. We'll see how it ages. My expectation is um, zilch. That way you don't get disappointed, right? Don't expect uh, too much from me. You might not be let down that the gin blossoms. Okay. Um, one or two more things here. Christian Brown not going to play Summer League. <sighs> okay. Uh, first Summer League game is going to be here in a couple nights. I think on the 7th of July. Right now it's the 5th, so a couple nights from now. I'll keep my eye on that. Um, I'm not going to come in here game by game um, and be reacting to Summer League. I just... You know, reacting to summer league performances, I think, can be foolhardy. Um, and we talked about this a year ago with Christian Brown. And man, it, this, I should freaking go get the audio because it aged so well. If you remember a year ago, last summer, Christian Brown could not hit water if he fell out of a boat. I mean, he was—he looked like a disaster shooting the basketball, and he's still not some great shake shooting the ball, right? Um, but he was, like, historically bad. I think he had, like, a stretch where he was, like, one for 20 from three. I mean, it was bad. You want to see some shots go in, right? And I remember coming in here saying on the Mile High Hoops podcast, this guy cannot hit a shot, and I am not worried about it because I'm watching him run the floor. I'm watching him guard the basketball. I'm watching him rebound the basketball. That guy looks like an NBA player. That guy looks like an NBA wing. Uh, the, the, the IQ, it's check. The athleticism, it's check. The length, it's check. And I wasn't really worried about him making shots. But if you're coming in here reacting to game by game to Summer League, which is cool. I mean, to each his own. Goodness gracious. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, I'm not going to react to performances of Summer League. You know, you, you mention it, but you can't you can't let that be your compass because it's Summer League, and these guys are so young. Now, for, for someone else, that may be a little different than someone like Jalen Pickett. Um, so, um, we'll, you know, but, but, but I am going to keep my eye on it. You know, you can be sure. You can be sure. Um, I am going to have my eye on it. And we'll react to what we think um, is is appropriate, you know. So, but you know, Julian Strother, that's an interesting story for me. Um, you know, uh, Zeke Naji here coming in, and and, and we're going to have time to have these bigger conversations because we, we we will need to have dedicated conversations on what we expect from Zeke Naji this year, what we expect from Peyton Watson this year, um, a, a secondary step for Christian Brown in year number two. Um, what do you expect from Jalen Pickett? 
this year. What's the status of Colin Gillespie? We have time to have those conversations, and we will continue to have those conversations here um, this offseason. So we'll check back in in a couple days. Um, I think that's really all I wanted to get to from just a Nuggets perspective. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, in the NBA right now, the Lillard trade, we'll, we're, we're still waiting for that domino to fall. And when it does, we'll have those conversations. Um, but I think that is going to do it uh, for us here uh, today. So we thank you for being here. Uh, thank you to Superbook Sports uh, for sponsoring this podcast. Appreciate um, maybe if you were like checking like Spotify or DenverFan.com, uh, not seeing us update an episode uh, for almost two weeks. Uh, appreciate your patience. Just just taking some time off unexpectedly. Took a trip up to the mountains and then unexpectedly, unexpectedly got sick before that. So I appreciate your patience. Um, we're going to continue to have these uh, overarching offseason conversations. I'm, I am going to bring in a guest or two here over uh, the next month or so. And um, we'll continue to have fun and, and continue to bathe and bask in the afterglow of the Denver Nuggets first ever world championship. Well, still can't believe they did it. Still can't believe they did it. So, all right, you guys have a great rest of your day. Rate this podcast. If you think we're worthy of five stars, I would greatly appreciate that. I would also greatly appreciate you telling a friend. Um, And uh, we'll check back in in a couple days reacting to the uh, opening summer league game of the Denver Nuggets. I believe it's the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Young Guns. Um, So, all right, uh, you guys go. Have a great rest of your week. We'll check back in after Summer League kicks off for the Nuggets. And however that looks and however this offseason continues to take shape, you already know we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.